morning to you all. It's wonderful to be here with you. I'm not here as often as I would like to be. I'm also excited because we're starting a new series, and uh, Pastor Alex has given me the privilege of opening the new series up, and it's uh, Fruit of the Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about something that Cascades is noted for. All through the different decades, people have said, when we come to Cascades, we feel loved. And it's not a put-on love. It's not a plastic love. It's a sincere love. And we are so glad you're here. We are so glad that you've come. I mean, this is a holiday a weekend, and many people are traveling, and you could be home in your patio now with a nice uh, uh, cup of coffee and with your feet up and just enjoying outside, but you're here, so welcome, welcome. And if you're new here, as it's already been said, welcome also. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, we find that in, in Galatians uh, chapter uh, 5, uh, verses 16 to 21, and it talks all about the different gifts. But I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Notice fruit. Not fruits of the Spirit, but fruit of the Spirit. And it's a very interesting concept, and a concept that's a little hard to understand sometimes. But um, we're going to read the passage, but it's, it's an interesting subject. For instance, when you uh, go to a nice cream shop, there is one ice cream cone. Um, but it can have many flavors. And it's hard to explain why it says gift of the Holy Spirit, not gifts. But I've got a couple of illustrations here. I hope it'll help you. Now, I didn't bring one here to uh, use as a demonstration because I think it would melt. It would get all over the place and the deacons would get after me. But this is just a small um, illustration. One ice cream cone, but different flavors. But you know, apple. Oh, I love apples. Do you like apples? Oh, oh. Is that ever good? Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Eating in front of you, that's not polite. Well, it's, um, it's an apple. And the best part of the apple is eating it, of course. And um, it's a beautiful red color. Very juicy. And um, very refreshing. And uh, I would say the apple is the best part of, uh, of the apple tree. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine eating the bark or the leaves or the, the roots? But it's the apple. And the nice thing about the apple is when you finish it, what do you have in your hand? Sometimes you have four or five seeds. And you take those seeds and you plant them in the garden, and sometimes they grow, and they produce more fruit. Apple, I love apples. Uh, yeah, you can have a bite after if you want, but uh, I'll share it with you, don't worry. We use this sometime in preaching and in, in illustration about the fruit of the Spirit. I don't like this illustration. I've seen it over and over. Many preachers use it. Because the fruit is all in one and one and all. The fruit is not cherries, pears, grapefruit, apples. It's just one. It's, it's, it's like this is an apple. And, of course, it has the, 
the, the little thing on the top here, you, it has seeds inside, it, it, but it's an apple. But I like the other illustration. But today we're going to talk about a different kind of fruit, a different kind of fruit. We're not going to talk about apples. I don't know if this is, is that a Macintosh? Oh, thank you. Okay, I don't, I know, don't know apples. But anyway, we're not going to talk about apples. Uh, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And um, like the apple, the fruit of the Spirit is, is refreshing. It, it helps you. It's delicious. It's, it, it helps you grow. It helps you mature. It helps you um, be a good person. And it, it's produced by the Spirit. For instance, an orange. There's another illustration. Oh, here's an orange. Okay, when you unpeel the orange, uh, it's a mandarin orange. Uh, there's the peel, and there's this. And if you open it up, and you, you, you have nine different parts of it here. And, um, and um, I think that could be an example of the, of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. I like the apple better. So this is just um, an illustration of the nine parts of the fruit. And I have the privilege of opening it up, and we're going to be talking about love. And others will be talking about faithfulness, self-control, forgiveness, kindness. Let's look at the passage so we're on the same page, okay? We're going to be reading Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forgiveness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the first fruit in our list here of the nine fruit of the Spirit in Galatians is love. Um, we use that word so flippantly. I love my dog. I love my cat. Oh, I love ice cream. I like apples. I like oranges. And, and we use it so common. And I know many times when I'm in my worship meetings, uh, not worship meetings, communion meetings, and um, I used the word worship uh, this morning with uh, Sarah, and she goes, <laughs> I think she was scared when I said that Alex asked me to, uh, to take the worship meeting. <laughs> But it's a communion. Anyway, um, in that, we, 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 we try to tell God we love Him. And we use the same word, L-O-V-E, to God that we use for our dog and our cat. But the word we're going to be studying a little bit this morning is a different word. There's actually four words, I believe, in Greek. And I'm not going to dazzle you with my vast knowledge of Greek. We'll leave up that, that up to tennis. But... One of the words is love, and it's agapa. It's agapa. Um, it, because the, the word we use for, for love is a feeling. Uh, we have some affection for something. But the word we're going to be looking at mainly today is a sacrificial love. A love that, uh, that we choose to do it. We, 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 um, it's, it's not a feeling, it's an it's an innermost being. 
It's, it's the Holy Spirit in us coming out of us, if I put it that way. It's a word, agape, that's sometimes hard to, to, to realize because God loved you and me so much, he agaped his son. He gave his son. He sacrificed his son for your sins and my sins. Now, I have four children, uh, ten grandchildren, and to sacrifice one of them, that would take a lot of love, and I don't know if I have that in me, telling you the truth. But God loved us so much that he did this for us. And that's the word that we're looking at today. It's an it's a unconditional love. It's a, it's a, it's a real um, sacrificial love. It's giving of yourself for someone else. And that's the interesting thing about, about the word agape. So when you see the fruit of the Spirit and you see love, it's not the love that we use every day in our uh, common language. It's joy, for instance. We're going to be taking up joy. Someone's going to be speaking to you about joy. Well, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Well, when you have this love, agape love, this godly love, God is agape. God is love. It's, it's Jesus first. You're not the main person. Jesus is the main person. And that's what this sacrificing love is. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 gives a good example of love. We all know this. Uh, many of us who got married and are going to get married or will be getting married, they use this at our ceremony many times. Let's just read it here. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. That's the kind of love we're talking about here. This is the kind of love that we have, but we've got to let it out. We have the Holy Spirit. When you accepted Jesus Christ, as your personal Savior, we were given a gift, the person of the Holy Spirit. And we are full of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to allow Him to work through us. And that's why it says don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't put down the, the Holy Spirit. Don't hold back the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And one of His gifts, the Holy Spirit's gift to us, is love. And we have to let that out in our lives. Now, here are the, um, the four words. Eros, eye attraction. That's the Hollywood you love. You know, je t'aime, mon chéri. You know, that type of love. You see it in the movies all the time. Then there's the other one, the philo, which is brotherly love and kindness. We're kind to one another. We, we, we help one another. We encourage one another. And then agape, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. And then the storge which is a family love. These are the different four words in the original language of the Bible was written in Greek that we use in different ways in different circumstances. So agapa is complete love, giving love, godly love. You have it in you. You've just got to allow it to come out of you. If you have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have this gift. It's given to you. 
but we have to allow it to work through us. And if, if it, you're not allowing it, you can ask God, help me. Ajuda me, help me, God. Help me with this problem that I just don't have this agape love that, that you've given me. And he will help you. He will help you. Galatians 5, 16a says, walk in the spirit. Dear friends, let us love one another for the love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever God does not Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You can test yourself this morning here at Cascades Church. Do you have this love? God will give you this love if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart. He wants you to have this love. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will guide your life. He will help you. He'll encourage you. He'll build you up. Sometimes he gives you a kick in the pants, and I deserve it myself sometimes. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have this love, ask God for it, and he will give it to you. John 3.16 is a perfect example of God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, God loved us so much, and he wants us to love as he loved. If we say we are Christians, we should live like Christ. We should be like Christ. We should follow Christ. He's our example. And really, he is the only example that we can follow in this life. There's nobody in Hollywood or in sports. Uh, uh, I used to be a, a fan of Diego Maradona. Uh, to you who don't know him, as he's a, hockey, a, soccer, a soccer player for uh, uh, Argentina. Uh, he was before Messi. And we did win the World Cup, you know that, yeah. Argentina won the World Cup. We won't go there. But anyway, um, I used to just about worship him then. But, you know, he fell into drugs and so on. So I can't judge him, but you know what I mean? I, but we can follow Jesus. We can try to follow Jesus. We can take his life and try to mold our life after him. And that's what he wants us to do. Ultimately, God showed that greatest love for us by sending his son for each and every one of us. He chose to do that for you and I. Love is the crowning virtue of a spirit-controlled life. It's the first one of the nine. It's the first one of the nine. Love is an unselfish concern that seeks others. Seeks others good. How can I help that person? How can I encourage that person? How can I build that person up? That's a true love. And those that do not love do not have God. Because God is love. <laughs> We've said that many times. We're going to say it more and more. That's one of the attributes of God. Love is, is the parent of all other fruit. From love comes patience, self-control, and all the others. Without love, there is little accomplishment, and God is not pre present. If you want to have success in your Christian life, if you want to have uh, éxito, we say in Spanish, uh, 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 if you want to be, uh, arrive at what you should be, ask God to help you do that, and he will. Because God is love, and that's so true. Three things about love. First, we must love our neighbor. 
uh, you're going to say, well, that's hard to do because my neighbor speaks a different language. He's got a, a different uh, way of living. He's got a different food uh, dietary uh, uh, way of living. He, he's, he's from another country. It says we must love our neighbor. Must love our neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor. And what a privilege we have as Christians to love our neighbors. Take that pie over to your neighbor and say, hi, I hear you're going through some problems. Here's a pie, here's dinner, here's lunch, here's supper. Can I take care of the kids for uh, this afternoon while you just get away and do something? We can show them so many different ways. We can rake up their leaves in the autumn. We can cut their grass in the, in the summer. We can help them, encourage them. And we can show them the love that God has given us for them. Uh, they might faint the first time you say, well, can I wash your windows free? I mean, they may, well, yeah, you might have to pick them up off the ground. But let's do it. Let's show our neighbors here that we are different that we do love them. It's such an important, important point. Love your neighbor. The Bible says again, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, love yourself. I, I had a hard time with this. Because when I was younger, people would also say, well, I, I'm just a gusano. I'm just a worm. I'm worthless. I, I'm just a, a sinner. I'm, I'm not worth anything. I'm, 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 I'm lowest of the lowest. I believe that's the devil's teaching because the Bible says love yourself. I'm not going to say, walk around, I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. I love myself. I'm great. <laughs> no, 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 no. But God loves you because you are loving God loves each and every one of us here this morning. He, he loves us with an agape love, with a dying love. He died for you and I. So we are not just a worm, useless, because the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we look at our life and we think how unloving we are. And I can see that. But God loves us. We, we are special. He knows you by your first name. He doesn't say uh, Mr. Edgecombe. He says Ronaldo. <laughs> I mean, he knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. And if you don't have many hair, that's okay. He loves you anyway. <laughs> so let's, let's realize that we have to love ourselves. You are unique and God so loves you, he knows you by your first name. So important. And then we are to love believers. John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth his brother abides in death. Abides in death. Not He that loves not his brother abides in death. You know, I don't understand sometimes. I get pretty emotional. I mean, I, I'm not going to sing it now because people would leave and I still got a few minutes. But I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And I love each and every one of you. I don't know you all, unfortunately, but I'm getting to, slow but sure, 
with the um, directory we have, we pray through the names and the, we see the pictures of you. But can you imagine, the world doesn't understand me personally. They say, well, how can you love all those people at Cascade Church? I mean, different languages, different culture, different backgrounds, different everything. But if you know Jesus, you are my brother or my sister. And I am your brother. And that love is real. I, I, I miss you on Sundays. I, I, I honestly miss you. I'm at mission. I pray for those at Cascade Church. I'm at Heather at 16th or 10th Avenue. I pray for you. And I always get a text, too, from Pastor Allison. I'm praying for you. This morning I got a text from Eleanor McDowell saying, I'm praying for you. That, that's brotherly love. That's going over and above. And when we're on holidays and we miss meeting together with the saints, we feel it. But this is of God. It's not of Ron Edgecombe. And I'm not going to say I'm a bon rien. I'm a good for nothing because I'm good because God died for me. I know the Bible says no one's good. I know that, Jonathan. We, uh, <laughs> George Rich always says that. But, but God loved me and he loved you. But when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they failed and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Jesus had compassion, and we are to have compassion for one another. I love cascades in the sense that when someone's sick, people will make a list to, to send food to that person to help them over their trialsome times. When somebody gets, goes into an old folks home or a, a senior resident, people go and visit them. And that's what the Christian life is all about. And that's why we have community. That's why we have this, this, this building here. Because we are, as we always say, this is not the church. You're the church. And you are the only Bible people ever see. And we should practice what the Bible tells us to love our neighbors and love one another. But, you know, the Holy Spirit can do in us, for us, and through us what we can't do ourselves. He can take a sinner and save him or her by grace and produce beautiful fruit in his or her life. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that uh, he's still working on me in patience. I don't know why Pastor Alex didn't ask me to speak on patience. I think I know why, yeah. It's not one of my strong points. But love is. And I love you people. And I want you to love one another. And if you don't, get to know the person. That's the best way. Have them over for coffee. Meet them down at, at Starbucks. Uh, Tim Hortons if you want. But I like Starbucks better myself. Um, oh, excuse me. I, I should say, go over to um, Felix Sassel. He makes good coffee. But get together, talk together, pray together, work together. This time at the park is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'm preaching somewhere else, but I'm going to rush over there. I'll take my tie off. I'll rush over there to uh, West, Westburn Park, and I'm going to bring a chair and sit down and chat with you because it's so important. Now, there's some little connection here with, with, with love, though, and I'm just going to touch a little bit on it, and that's uh, forgiveness. See, we've got to realize that God forgave you of your sins. 
and, and forgiveness has a, a big part to play. But we've got to realize God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is something much more than we can ever experience. I mean, in, in the sense, he just loves you so much. And I, t I say that to people sometimes on the, on the sky train or on a bus or, or on the beach, that God loves them, and they say, no, nobody loves me. No, God does love them. That is so true. Now let's look at this other point now. Uh, Psalm 103, 10 to 12. He does not tr treat you as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He saved me. He saved many of you here because we come came to the realization that he loved us. But there is an element of forgiveness in all this. We've got to realize that we are forgiven. I talked to people in prison many, many, many times out in uh, Kent and uh, out in uh, Mission. I've been to them many times. And people say, well, God doesn't love me because I did such and such and such. And I said, if we confess our sins, he is faithfully forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God loves you. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of the flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailed it to the cross. Do you thank God for that? I thank him daily for that in my prayers. He's taken all my sins, all my bad thoughts, all my corrupt ideas, and he's nailed them to the cross. We have to ask God for help in forgiving others. See, we have been forgiven. And if, if we don't forgive others, do we realize what God's forgiveness means? Forgiveness is very important. For if you forgive our people, but if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So it goes together. That love aspect of it. We must forgive those who have done things against us. We mustn't hold a grudge. We mustn't, well, we saw that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Forgive others is a necessary consequences of having forgiven by God. And if you have something against your brother or your sister or anybody in your family or friendship, nip it at the bud. It's like a cancer that grows in us. We have to forgive that person. And we, even if we didn't offend them, we are responsible to go to them and try to regulate the problem. It's so important. This is what love is all about. Because they feel guilty. And you've got to tell them that God forgave them and you forgive them for not being correct towards you. It's, 
such a biblical aspect. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ God forgave you. Are you willing to forgive? It's part of the whole aspect of agape love. Forgiveness is the center and the key to the way to God. How can I have a relationship with, with God through Jesus by the working of the Holy Spirit in my life if I have bitterness in my heart or if I have something against a brother or a sister or a friend or a relative? They go together. When we forgive, you confirm God's forgiveness in all at work in you. You become more like God. I want to be like Jesus, don't you? I, I, I want to be like him on this earth. I'm only here for a few years, but I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus gave his life. He allowed to be crucified on the cross of Calvary for your sins and my sins. I used to always say he could have called 10,000 angels and zapped everybody right there, but he didn't. He went all the way to the cross, and he said, it is finished. The work of redemption is finished. And so as he has forgiven us, as we confess our sins, we are to forgive others. Then, I won't sing this, but when we think of love, we used to sing this years ago. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. And I trust that this message is, is an inspiration to, to you to confess in your life if you do not love the way God loved us. I'm telling you, this, some people are unloving. And yet, you can get come over that by praying and asking God to help you. There is no love without forgiveness, and there is no forgiveness without love. You know, we have talked a lot about love this last 29 minutes. Now we're going to celebrate something that happened, an un... Under, it's hard to understand. We're going to celebrate. We're going to take part in communion. And we're going to look at the ultimate example of love, of giving one's life for you. Now, that's agape love. That's the kind of love that um, I think I...